podcast one production. G'day, I'm Tim Harcourt and welcome to the Airport Economist. In this series, I'll take you to the key markets of the world where you can do business and do it well. I'll guide you through the economics, politics and social history of each place and talk to an expert about the tricks and traps of doing business in each particular market. But first, strap yourself in because in this episode, we're off to Argentina. When I first went to Argentina in 2002, I was suffering from an economic crisis. People were in the streets angry at the banks for losing their savings that had already been chewed up by runaway inflation. I also had a strange experience one day at McDonald's. Of course, I'd rather have an Argentine steak and a glass of Malbec from Mendoza, but these were desperate times. When I went in, I noticed that the Big Mac prices were not on the board. There was a bit of reluctance when I asked, why not? When... I asked my Argentinian economist friends later that day at the majestic Park Height Buenos Aires, finally with that Malbec in hand and a steak, they told me that apparently the Argentine government statistician didn't want pesky economists to wander in and get the price and then calculate the inflation rate. After all, the Big Mac index of The Economist magazine has become famous for calculating inflation and purchasing power parity, which is what you can buy in a country given income levels and relative prices. The authorities manipulated the prices of selected consumer products like Big Macs, mobile phones, etc. to disguise the rampant inflation rate, thus distorting prices locally in Argentina. I noticed the importance of trust, transparency and relationships again on my latest trip to Buenos Aires. I had the fortune to visit a new craft brewery in the warehouse district of the city, run by two young Argentines who'd been inspired to set up their own brew after studying in Melbourne. They even named it Dos Dingos, as they said having an Australian branding went down really well in Argentina and gave the company distinct Australiana flavour. Later, I accidentally walked into a wedding reception at my hotel, but was asked by the bride to stay because we love Australians, she said. The bride's family had a business with ties to Australia, and I was told at the wedding that in Argentinian business circles that Australian companies are respected as they have a good track record in Argentina for reliability, loyalty, even in a crisis. This was really appreciated by the locals because business is built on relationships and in business, as in life, takes two to tango. Well, welcome to the show, Ambassador. Oh, it's great to be here with you. What do you think Australians don't know about Argentina that perhaps you've been uh, talking to them about that may, may surprise them? Well, uh Argentina is an incredibly beautiful country, nature-wise. And uh, many Australians don't uh, realize that, how uh, far south Argentina goes, that it's the gateway to the Antarctica, and how uh, Tierra del Fuego is 1,400 kilometers farther south. Uh, It's subarctica than Tasmania. And they don't realize how uh, diverse and beautiful the nature is. And... uh, how big the rivers are, and and the waterfalls. How do, the waterfalls in Argentina, the Iguazu Falls, are in an incredible sight. And then you have deserts and mountains of colors, and uh, 
and then you have the Pampas, that is a, a sea of green. And uh, so uh, it, it, it's very diverse and very beautiful nature-wise. I, I think that's something uh, Australia has to take more advantage of and, and go see it. <laughs> and historically, you know, Australia looked to London and was a, a penal colony. Argentina had the influence with the, the Spanish and then Spanish and Italian immigration and the British building the railways and so on. What are the historical ties bilaterally between the two countries? Is there a lot to talk about? Well, it, it, actually, for a large period of Argentinian history, we were very much related because Argentina was very much related with the British Empire. We were the main food providers of uh, the industrialization process in the UK. And that's why the, the UK made huge investments in Argentina. And during a period of from 1860 to 1930, much more investment went to Argentina than uh, from the UK than to Australia. So the British built the railroads and they built the ports and they had uh, factories for processing beef and uh, Argentina was a very strategic um, supplier of food for the industrial uh, revolution that was taking place in the in the United Kingdom. And during that time, much of the traveling from the UK, from Western Europe to Australia passed through Argentina. And we received many of the same flows of immigrants that came to Australia. And uh, many of them stayed in Argentina because it was closer to Europe. And uh, so uh, you go to the many Australians and you ask them and uh, all of a sudden they tell me, I have an auntie in Argentina because uh, maybe they're Hungarian background or, or, or Austrian background and or... And they say, well, I have a cousin in Argentina and maybe their Italian background or, or even English or Irish background because Argentina received quite a lot of uh, Irish and Welsh uh, immigration. There's still uh, small towns in Argentina, in Patagonia, that they speak Welsh. Welsh, indeed, uh, yeah. It's hard to find Welsh speakers in the UK and uh, you <laughs> find them in Argentina. <laughs> so... Uh, during a large area of our history, we were pretty close. Then uh, infrastructure changed. There was the building of the Suez Canal, and then the building of the Panama Canal changed uh, some of the bl- flows of uh, shipping uh, lanes. And, uh, and, well, that had an impact, and that brought us uh, farther apart. And But in the last uh, years, we are trying very hard to bring those ties uh, closer together. You're being very polite, Ambassador, because it is true that Argentina and Australia were very wealthy economies in the 19th century. But when we talk about trade wars with Donald Trump, the Great Depression brought the Otto Agreement, which basically kept Argentine products out of the Commonwealth rather unfairly. So you've been a, a true diplomat in a sense that the British Empire did hurt the Argentine economy back then? Well, uh, uh, in in that moment, the preferential agreements uh, uh, were a blow toward the Argentinian economy. Argentina received a couple of blows from uh, external circumstances. One was the building of the Panama Canal. All of the shipping that went from Western Europe and uh, east coast of the United States to California passed through Buenos Aires, and all of a sudden it stopped passing. So... uh, Onassis, 
made his fortune in Argentina in the shipping industry. And then uh, when he saw that uh, the ships were not passing by anymore, he started moving to another more central uh, region. But, of course, the Commonwealth preferential uh, was a blow, and uh, and it was a blow also the diminishing the, the loss of competitiveness of the British economy. Um, the industrialization pr- process in the UK peaked in the at the beginning of the 20th century, and then uh, um, it was overwhelmed by other um, industrial countries like the US and Germany and in, and France uh, that were faster e- industrial growth, and uh, and that hurt uh, Argentina's economy because we were so much linked as providers of uh, food to the UK. Now in the 21st century, what are the highlights of some of the relationships between Australia and Argentina today? Well, one of the highlights uh, I like to point out very much is the, uh, and especially being here in Sydney, is the Lucas Height uh, Research Nuclear Reactor. That was built by an Argentinian company. It was built uh, together with Australia and that was a very uh, important uh, uh, development because actually we it wasn't the BAP, the Argentinian company, that came and built it. We built it together. That shows the great possibilities of cooperation between the two countries. And nowadays, uh, Australia exports lots of technological goods from the, the Lucas Heights uh, research reactor. So... Uh, that's something you can see uh, how we can work together in a very um, advanced and uh, uh, area. And then I also like to say how much we work together and cooperated in the multilateral area. You know, the Kearns Group, which is led by Australia, Argentina is one of the founding members. And uh, we have worked very hard to have keep open markets and a, a more competitive uh, environment in the international agricultural trade and um, eliminating subsidies. And we have s- struggled for many years in a very coordinated and substantial way uh, to make a fair trade system. And that's another area that shows uh, and uh, Two years ago, those export subsidies were eliminated in the Nairobi WTO um, meeting. So uh, we were successful many times, and uh, and we held back many protectionist uh, tendencies and pressures. And uh, in the multilateral area, we share many common interests and views. Uh, Many of them are because our values are similar and we are both liberal democratic countries and we value uh, human rights and the rule of law. And uh, But not only because of that, of our values, also because of our interests. We're both uh, countries very rich in natural resources that need an open in, in international economic environment. Uh, we both... Uh, coordinate very much in the Antarctic uh, mechanisms and organizations because we both have uh, challenges and uh, interest in the Antarctica. So uh, our positions uh, naturally coincide in the international uh, uh, um, arena and it's uh, it's uh, th- something uh, that we are trying to deepen and uh, and um, and take advantage that Argentina is in the G20 and uh, as Australia. Australia and Argentina have been good friends on the multilateral level 
as you say. But there's been a lot of headlines in Argentina about macroeconomic difficulties. Why would an Australian business look at Argentina now as a place to export to or invest in? Well, I think one should look farther ahead than the headlines in the newspapers. Argentina is a extraordinarily rich country, natural resources, and Australia has a, a great capacity. Geologically, Argentina is incredibly rich. Uh, if you look at it, uh, the other side of the Andes, Chile exports ten, more than 10 times more minerals than Argentina, and Argentina has a, a geologically even uh, richer resources than, uh, than, uh, than Chile. So uh, that's an area that the Australian companies would and are coming and are in very interesting in, in in looking for copper and looking for lithium and looking for for minerals and they are very active and the, the uh, Australian companies are growing and those are long term uh, interests. It's not something that uh, has a, the difficulties nowadays. Don't have an impact in the, in, in those uh, fields. I think structurally, the world economy is growing in countries that are, have low or middle-low income. And when growth comes from countries like China or Southeast Asia, countries of low or middle-low income, that growth is very intensive in the use of natural resources. And Argentina is an incredibly rich country in natural resources. So one has to look at the at the long-term uh, view and also look at things that are very easy for an Australian. An Australian would immediately understand uh, what an Argentinian says, what immediately culturally we're similar. We both have a similar background of immigration and... Uh, and uh, so for them, we understand each other's jokes, which is already a big advantage. What, uh, what opportunities are there in Argentina? You've mentioned minerals, lithium and so on. Would there be opportunities in agribusiness or services oh, or education? Well, that's an area Argentina is incredibly well endowed in, and it has a capacity not only because of its the nature. We have abundant water, and uh, one the Pampas is one meter uh, deep uh, black earth, uh, which is uh, inc- incredibly rich for production of agriculture but also because of the technology, the infrastructure, everything that is linked to it. And there's a lot of cooperation in the technological area in agriculture. Uh, if one looks at from a, a close perspective, Argentina produces food for 450 million people. Australia produces food for about 65 million people. How do you call it? It's not, it's very good what Australia does with a population of 23 or 25 million people. But Argentina, with a population of 43 million people, produces food for 450 million people. And it has a potential of growth that uh, in a few years might get to being able to produce uh, food for 600 million people. Uh, uh, so there is uh, uh, an area for complementarities, cooperation, and... Uh, and um, of of great opportunities, I think in tourism there is also an area of uh, Argentina is uh, incredibly a, a, a 
beautiful country and uh, and and um, and it's also a, a good opportunity for Australians to f uh, get tourists uh, how do you call it uh, Argentina last year sent almost 12 million tourists abroad and only 40,000 came to Australia. I think Australia should do much better than that. And uh, they call it, uh, and, uh, and only, uh, and Australia sent uh, maybe 9 million people, tourists abroad and uh, only 30,000 uh, went to Argentina. I think Argentina should do better. We can do, do be better than that, can we? Yeah, yeah. we can oh, do better than okay. that. And, uh, so uh, um, those are areas that can develop. And then in the industrial area, uh, I think there is a lot of potentiality in cooperating in agricultural machinery, for example. In uh, Argentina has a, a pretty strong industrial base, uh, engineering capacity. And then in the broader sense, in the technological area, Argentina is a very advanced in some areas like the nuclear field, agro-technology and... Uh, and how can Australians get a foot in the door in Argentina? Is there, should they go and see the embassy in Australia? Should they see the Argentine government when they go to Buenos Aires? How does it work? What's the resources? Well, we are an open economy, but it's always useful to go see the embassy, both embassies, not only the Argentinian embassy here in Australia, but their Australian embassy in Buenos Aires. They are the doors that can, can uh, guide, can... Uh, uh, tell you which doors are the ones you should call on, uh, who are the people that uh, uh, you could could be business partners. Uh, we're facilitators and uh, and we tried both embassies, the embassy in 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 Buenos Aires, which has a, a very a great Australian ambassador Noel Campbell, and the embassy here, a, a, a Argentinian embassy here in Australia, both are ready to uh, strengthen the links and uh, and that's I think it's a good starting point. Are there any customs that Australians need to be aware of in Argentina? I know there's lots of kissing in the office this morning in the Argentine consulate. Like are there things you should uh, look out for and are there times where you take your business partners out for a barbecue or out to dinner? Well, Argentinians and Australians, that sense, are very similar. Uh, with a similar in our jokes. They're similar. We like wine. We love coffee. And, uh, and we make good wine and good coffee. And we make very good barbecues. And we like beef. And, uh, and uh, so those things are easy. I think one thing that Australians should uh, do is also make an effort to learn the language. Although in Argentina there's a large uh, percentage of the population who speaks English, you miss out a lot of things if you don't speak the language of the other country. And Australians should make a, a stronger effort in, in learning a foreign language. And Spanish is a... It's an incredibly uh, rich uh, 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 cultural sphere with uh, 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 hundreds of million Spanish speakers, and uh, I think it's an effort that is worth it, and um, and it will facilitate uh, relations very much. Is Argentinian Spanish different than other Spanish you hear in Latin America? Well, Spanish is different in every place. It's just like uh, how do you call it? Uh, 
uh, English is different in every place, and Australian English uh, is uh, very unique. It's unique. It's not the same as the American English or British English, and uh, Argentinian Spanish is it's not the same as Spanish from Spain or from Mexico. Or say dos cerveza por favor, me invita mi amigo. <laughs> that's quite handy, isn't it? It's very handy. What's that? Two beers, please, and my friend will pay. Yeah, that's no, very yeah. handy. <laughs> what What are some of the challenges an Australian business would face in Argentina? Are there things they should be careful about? Actually, you know, th- this financial situation that Argentina is facing that is very much linked, linked to uh, external factors like uh, the rise of the interest rate in the United States and uh, and tightening of monetary policy in the United States is uh, affecting the value of uh, the exchange rates of uh, many currencies, not only uh, Argentinian currency, and that has an impact on inflation. And uh, so this this moment of uh, financial instability, uh, uh, and in Argentina's case, it was uh, we had a big drought last year, and uh, and that hurt our harvest very much. Uh, so. Uh, and we are great producers of uh, soja beans and wheat, and um, and so that was a big impact on our export. So that financial instability is something that should be looked on as an actually as a great advantage because uh, 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 the exchange rate is uh, our the Argentinian peso has devalued largely. Quite so uh, so the cost of uh, investing in Argentina it's much lower. I think it should be for a foreign investor. It should look like an opportunity, not like a disadvantage. You've hosted the G20 this year. It hasn't staved off any crisis, but has the G20 brought any prestige to Argentina that it's open for business? Well, it has because the G20 is the, the uh, most important uh, coordinating uh, a, a, a forum of for multilateral economic coordination and uh, and uh, it has placed Argentina with a large centri- in in a central role of of having the presidency and uh, and receiving the ministers of all areas of of government and uh, and uh, and and pretty soon the the chief of governments and, and chief of states of uh, of uh, the twenty largest economies in the world. So, from Argentina's point of view, it has uh, increased its prestige. It is, has put Argentina in a central position in the world in a very difficult moment because an Argentina there is working very hard with Australia to find consensus, to find, uh, to strengthen the multilateral uh, um, a, a trade system, to, to strengthen multilateral institutions, the, the rule of, of law internationally. And, you know, the whole system is under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. So it's a very difficult uh, moment and uh, and we work very closely together with Australia to preserve uh, multilateral spaces of dialogue and of consensus where countries uh, reach uh, common grounds and, and, and understand uh, the dialogue is already very important because it allows the other person to understand what the difficulties are and... Uh, take away some of the ghosts that are sometimes uh, the lack of understanding creates. And uh, so though those spaces of dialogue and looking out for consensus and looking out for solutions to the w- world's uh, main problems are very uh, significant. And, uh, and well, we are 
it's a, a great honor and a great uh, challenge for Argentina to be preside in the G20 in this, in, at this moment. Well, Australia and Argentina both know what it's like to be on the receiving end of a trade war, so uh, we have to be a voice of reason, don't we? Oh, uh, yes, uh, we have to be a, a voice of uh, reason. We have to be a voice that also takes into account uh, the development needs because many people in the world have been growing very fast, but uh, there's many people that have been left behind and, and there's many areas of the world where there's a lot of poverty and need. So development leads uh, are, are something that has to be taken care of and uh, our Argentina is trying to express those uh, those interests of developing countries, of uh, Latin American developing countries. And um, and in that area has a very strong ally also with Australia and uh, we have our similar views that uh, we have to create a more inclusive world and uh, and trade is an opportunity to bring more people out of poverty and strengthen development. Well, Ambassador, thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you with us because, as we know, it takes two to tango. Thank thanks you. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of The Airport Economist. I hope you enjoyed listening and picked up a few useful tips along the way. The Airport Economist podcast series is produced by Liv Proud, audio production by Darcy Thompson, and executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. The Airport Economist is recorded at the studios of Podcast One Australia. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au, download the app, or look us up on iTunes. And don't forget, there is also the Airport Economist TV series and book of the same name. You can find out more at our website, theairporteconomist.com, before you take off. Well, thanks for joining me. I look forward to our next business adventure together somewhere in the big wide world. I'm Tim Harcourt and I'm the Airport Economist.